Hey, y'all, and welcome to Pain in the Pod. First of all, we have to do housekeeping like always, and I want to remind you that Pain in the Pod is on Patreon, and that's just a place where you can go over and get some fun bonus content, and to join that, you go to patreon.com slash pain in the pod. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks very much. I just have to get that out of the way before I introduce my fun guests for the day. These are two ladies who live in Brooklyn and they're neighbors and they had a great idea for a podcast is to put their neighborhood kiki into a podcast so we can listen to what they talk about every week. They're hilarious. They've got a fun um, slant on things, New York City plus all reality TV. So I I'm thrilled today to welcome from the Best Neighbors podcast, Margot and Erin. Hey there, Mary Payne. Thanks for having us. It's such a thrill to be here. Hi. Hello. See, I feel like now I'm one of the neighbors. I feel like I'm sitting <laughs> at your table. You are. Honorary neighbor. <laughs> okay, let me ask you guys. When you record this, I imagine in my brain that you're literally like old school 1950s sitting around a coffee table, you know, except you have microphones and you're recording it. Very close. We're sitting on my couch and Margot's sitting right next to me in like this kind of like puffy chair kind of thing. We're facing each other just like we would, but the only difference is we have microphones in our faces. Do you have your microphones hanging down off a mic stand so you don't even have to touch them? No, we have to hold them to our faces. That's what we've learned. We tend to we get really excited sometimes, and then we, we and we've had this in the, in the comments before and on, on iTunes. Like, oh, sometimes their faces are away from the mic, so we actually kind of like hold them right up to our faces. And we both have allergies, so we sneeze and cough a lot. So we'll turn away for that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like lounge singers. Yes. We're holding them, but we realize you learn a lot about yourself when you podcast and how many times you say like and things like that. We also both talk with our hands a lot, so. It would be great to have it in a stand, but it ends up not being the sound quality, not being that Right. Great. Okay. It's funny. I recorded a podcast with Lisa Rosen when I was in California, and she has this setup where you hold the mic right to your mouth. So it was, mm-hmm. it was yeah, That's it was four it. of us holding the mic right to our mouth. And every time we would move it slightly away to say something, she would make that, you know, motion, like put it to your mouth. Whereas, you know, before we recorded this, you heard my producer telling me to get it away from my mouth. So it really depends. And you do learn a lot about podcasting itself, but you learn a lot about your, your, your volume or your allergies, as you say. Right. And your tech capabilities, which are, Margo's better at it than me. She has much more of a tech technology than I do. So we're learning as we one go. person. But you also yeah. it, you also learn your verbal tics, you know, that I, I find totally. out that when I'm trying to grasp a concept, I tend to stammer, which I also edit the show, which makes it really challenging. So I'm learning not to stammer so much and also being better about not interrupting people because sometimes you're just thinking about the thing you want to say. You're not really listening to that person. And our first uh, few episodes, I could totally hear myself doing that. And I've got over the years putting on a few shows, I'm much, much better about listening. You know, I've had to learn that as well, that mm-hmm. just because you think your next question is the best one on the planet, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it yep. doesn't have yeah. to be said. You can just continue, you know, and I've had to learn that too. Like, well, I may have to scrap that question because the conversation is going, uh, you know, smoothly and I don't need to interject and be that like annoying person at the party that screams your question over the other people. I realize that about myself, but have yet to rectify it. I'm kind of like, I know it, but I'm going to keep on doing it. The first step is admitting you have a problem, right? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm halfway there. Okay, so tell my listeners how this podcast actually came about, like just, you know, from – Here's how I see it going. We're on the playground. We're having our uh, Chardonnay and we're talking and we think we're so hilarious. We should start a podcast. I wish it was that glamorous. <laughs> um, if memory serves, we just would always run on, into each other in the hallway or at the mailbox or just like run into each other and be like, oh my God, you have to listen to this podcast or have you read this book? Or we would just kind of always trade things that we were watching and kind of just like, Oh, recommend this. And Oh, I took your recommendation. But if memory serves, Mark, tell me if, the, if you remember this the same way, we were on the F train coming back from some comedy show or concert or something. And you had already dipped your toe in the podcast world and you recommended like, Hey, we get together and we kind of, you know, shoot the breeze. We should record it and do it as a podcast. You know, that's so funny because I remember you being the one that had the idea. <laughs> Isn't that? Oh my God. I think it was back and forth. I had a, a couple of shows that I already was working on and I, I thought like maybe people would want to listen to us. Cause I rec I know this on the F train, like when Aaron and I get talking, we get animated and excited. People listen into us. I can, I can see it. You know, they kind of, we, cr we crack each other up like harder than anybody can make each other laugh. Or we're just like, look really interested in what we're talking about. And I've noticed people kind of like leaning in and checking us out. And I'm like, well, maybe they would listen to us every week. Why not? And we always have, I think we have like really good suggestions. So, and we're kind of funny and we've known each other forever and we know each other's, you know, weak spots. And, <laughs> we, and there's a shorthand. There's a so shorthand there. For so long, we have so many things in common. And over the years, somebody would mention like, you know, I love this movie when I was a kid. And the other one would be like, oh my God, I love that movie. I thought I was the only one. So it's kind of nice to to know that like, oh, I know Margot will dig this. If I recommend her this true crime book, she will devour it in a day. I know. So this has not been a strain on your friendship, I can tell. Because sometimes if, you know, you, you know, work together, that's sometimes going to be stressful. I kind of like it because it, it, you know, it gives, even though we are literally next door neighbors, quite often we have different schedules. I get up early to teach. Erin goes to work a little later. I work from home. Um, you know, it's, I actually really look forward to it because it's like once a week, I know we're going to sit and talk and catch up. Exactly. And then we definitely have that catch up on the books. Yeah. And then after the show, we always spend at least like sometimes up to an hour just, just talking about, just shooting the shit about life, you know, that we wouldn't want to yeah. put on a show, probably bump people. <laughs> We've been through some hard things the last few years, yeah. but I feel like it's a great check-in for the relationship. Like we just kind of every week get together and at least have this moment we can share together. Oh, that's actually really nice. Do you guys like throughout the week, send each other texts and say, we're going to, we're going to make the show this way. You know, here's the outline or do you just wing it totally? We kind of, I, for me, Erin has a book and she writes down everything in the book for notes and things like that. I have um, an index card and I just list the things I want to talk about. And occasionally I'll write a note to myself, but like, and then I hand her the note, when I'm done so when she because she writes up all the stuff for the the podcast page she's the clever one with the titles and things like got that. it so that's how I do it. it well I think it sounds like you have a good uh division of labor and you know like I said some someone has to be the tech person um yeah it, it usually isn't both people and you know in my family I am a tech support which is hilarious mm -hmm. which Richard I'm sure my uh producer is laughing because that's hilarious but as far as like fixing a phone or how come the computer won't work or any of that stuff you know generally my answer is unplug it and replug it 
But they, uh, it is funny. You do have to have one person that's techie. So I'm glad that you've got uh, one person that's techie. Yeah, right. Margo definitely is that person. And I keep vowing to learn more about it, but that's going to happen after I stop interrupting people. <laughs> well, you're, you're writing the notes and you've got, and you've got your book. Yes, you've yeah. got your book. Yes, exactly. I got my copious notes, but then I get so into the discussion of whatever we're talking about, whatever real housewives meltdown we're talking about. And then I completely abandon the notes and just go freeform. That's that tends to happen too. But I think that's what makes the best podcasting is when people actually, it's sort of like when you say about housewives, it makes the best show if they actually know each other. You know, mm-hmm. instead of just two total strangers trying to discuss a subject, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So tell me, I want to hear this. Do you say like Saturday morning, every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to record. So what I want to know kind of what your process is as far as when you're recording, you, you cut out like one, two hours. Do you have partners that you have to tell to leave the area or animals or, you know, children that you have to scurry <laughs> away? <laughs> it's much easier. I b- live alone, so I don't have any animals. I, I would love a dog, but I don't have that right now. Margo has two cats. Mm-hmm. So we record at my place, and it's in my living room, like I said, on my couch with the two microphones between us. So it's very casual, and it does feel like that, you know, just coffee clutch kind of catch up. But I think Margo, we're literally right next door. Like she could bang yeah. on the wall. And do the cats hear it if you bang on the wall? <laughs> yeah they do oh, yeah. but she can also tell like she'll ask me once in a while like what are you watching because she can hear me laughing sometimes okay where i'm just playing yeah. something really loud she's like are you watching big no that's funny that's funny um <laughs> like what's going on over there what what channel should i tune to <laughs> it's nice to know that somebody god forbid if you something happened or something was going on at your apartment your neighbor would be like I smell smoke. What's going on? Is is everything okay? But we try and do it every Sunday. Sunday. Okay. And so you guys have um, regular jobs. So tell me a little bit about that. Mark, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I, I am a public relations and marketing consultant. I'm also a podcasting consultant. Ah. And I, um, I'm also a writer for a blog called Fit Bottom Girls. Mm. And I produce their podcast. And on top of everything, I teach fitness. So I teach spin and boot camp a few times a week. So I do a little bit of everything. Wow. I didn't realize you also produced other podcasts as well. Oh, yeah. I've got a, I've got like five. Oh, my gracious. All right. Well, we'll let you plug yeah. them all at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. So she's obviously the lazy one. Is, is exactly. It sounds like you're running a like a Pilates uh, class, you know, right after this. <laughs> so what about you, Erin? I work as a literary scout, which is like Ooh. I've started in publishing. And basically what I do is I work for a firm that has my clients are film and television studios based in L.A. And I kind of scout the publishing waterfront for them about books, magazine articles, even plays sometimes that they'll want to option for a film or film or TV series. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a dream job. That sounds for an amazing. English major, it is nirvana. It's great for yes. somebody who loves to read and was, you know, just reared on all that stuff. So I really do love it. Yes, I, I was an English major as well. So that's why. Yeah. I, that's why immediately I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, sorry, uh, Margot. I'm not interested in being a Pilates instructor, <laughs> but 
I do. I, I do love your uh, podcasting aspect. So, so I think yeah, she we, teaches. <laughs> Margot teaches a boot camp that I am petrified. I will never take because I think she will kill me. Oh, wait. and I just am like I'm not not interested. I would never. I would never. I, I, I listen. I joke about Pilates. I do enjoy Pilates and some yoga because I don't enjoy anything too strenuous. Um, even though I know that that's counterintuitive to trying to uh, be in shape, but I do uh, admire people. You know, okay, th- that's going to lead me into my next question. So we'll take a little break and then we're going to come back to go into my next question. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Okay, we're back, and we were talking about Margot being into fitness in addition to being a uh, podcasting producer. So in regarding the fitness, this sort of led me to think about Southern Charm and the whole thing with Madison and Austin. And it led me into that because um, on this week's episode, we saw Austin take his shirt off and show his gut 12-year-old boy body. <laughs> In comparison to Madison, who looks like a brick house. I mean, her body be banging. Yeah. You could throw a brick at that butt and it would move. Yeah. I was, I was like, gosh, girl, go. But the funniest thing was that just led me to think about him taking his shirt off and flexing. I was like, oh, bless your heart. Like, don't do that. (laughs) I think he knew it. Like when he saw her get out of the hot and he's obviously seen her body before. Yes. Close up and personal. But I think he was just like, I got to go for the humor on this one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be buff. Like I guess Craig, Craig is probably the the one who is the best in shape, I guess, but we can't see it underneath all those pillows. He's telling <laughs> but I would, he, I think he was just like, I got to play this one for laughs because I cannot do it otherwise. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I, I really um, laughed out loud. I was like, you know, I guess that's because she said when they came in, she goes, are your feelings hurt that they talked about me having more muscles than you? <laughs> <laughs> And I love that Catherine was trying to so ladylike slip in, like slip her robe off at the last second to get into that hot tub. I was just like, girl, we've all been there. She she was all of us. She was all of us in her. I was like, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. There's no no shame in your game. You get in there. And she had on her like 1950s um, swim dress. Yes. Basically. That's what, you know, that's someone my age at the pool that's had like seven babies wears, like a swim dress. And oh, there's Catherine. I love her. I know. I love her. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit, because I know you guys on your podcast, you talk about a lot of reality TV and pop culture. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So this week, a bunch of stuff came out about Southern Charm, all these allegations that Thomas, I mean, every week is an allegation um, one, yeah. that Thomas is saying against Catherine, that she's still on all these drugs and now he wants 100% custody. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like he's just coming up with things from the past and throwing it at the wall yeah. to see what will hit. But now, are you guys, you guys are both from the New York area. Yes. yes. Okay. So I'm from Mississippi. So I, I like to get someone you know, way Yankee, as we say, a Yankee's taste on what do you really think about this like Southern Gothic 
uh, cauldron of drama that is a show like Southern Charm? I think it's interesting because there are some people on the show who are, you would consider millennials, like Catherine is a millennial, but I do feel like she has this old Southern landed gentry idea of like when she first came on the show, it was like, I'm going to hook up with Whitney. I'm going to hook up with Thomas. I'm going to try maybe even hook up with Shep. I'm going to get one of these rich Southern guys to marry me or whatever. Like, I think she just wanted to align herself with one of these rich Southern guys. And that feels to me very old fashioned Mm -hmm. for somebody her age. Yes. Yes. I think, you know, I do love the shift on the show. Um, that all the women had now become women yeah. power, like we saw last season where we were doing that slow, that slow <laughs> montage. Yeah. The, the brunch or whatever it was. Now they're bosses and they're all doing something and kind of starting to feel like I loved when Chelsea stood up on that bus and told Craig to check his pants for a vagina. I think that was like, maybe there was a better way she could have worded it. But yes. I kind of think that she spoke in the moment of like stop acting like a brat and just go with the flow of this trip. I think he needed a fig Newton and a glass of apple juice and some, you know, some corner time to kind of calm him <laughs> down. But that the men are like overgrown baby boys and the women are kind of coming into their own the past two seasons. What's interesting is that show started as only men, right? You know, Whitney, yeah. Whitney had it. It was supposed to be Southern gentlemen. Southern right? gentlemen, right? And now that they were kind of forced to add the women in, and now the men have grown zero, and the women have sort of taken over. And I, I think it's a, it's a nice shift, but also it's more of a balance. Like we'd like to see, you know, I like to see Cameron struggling with having a baby. I mean, you know, like yeah. that's a real thing. Like she wants to leave the house. I mean, you know. She, she I called BS career. on her eating uh, junk food all the time, though. There's no way she could eat at 35, eat all the junk food that she eats, all the Chick-fil-A she wants, and look like that and not work out. I don't buy it. I think that's a kind of like, I'm one of the guys. I just eat whatever I want. Biscuits and gravy. I'm not buying it. I think she probably eats one meal a day, and it's on camera. Yeah, and, that's probably more and- like it. I think that she's her mother's naturally thin. I think she's naturally thin, but you know, uh, God willing, you know, it will catch up with her like it does all of us. Oh God, I don't <laughs> want to be there. I want to watch it. What do you think of the addition of Eliza Limehouse this season? I think it's interesting because it is an old uh, family money situation like Ravenel, like the Dennis Calhouns. Yeah, we know that because she brings it up every five seconds every time she opens her mouth. Well, I think that a little bit of that is producer driven, don't you? They're like, I think so yeah, too. please. Remind everybody who you are. Yeah, you people do- up north don't know. Yeah, and you also have a smaller bridge that's not mentioned as often. The Limehouse Bridge is not as big as the Ravenel Bridge. Right. But the Limehouse Estate was pretty nice, though. There's several. Yes, yeah. there's several. And I love the hotels. They look gorgeous. But all that money, don't you think she could afford better extensions? What's <laughs> she, up with that? The funniest thing I thought was when they went, she went out with her uh, dad and her brother shooting or whatever, fishing or whatever they were doing. And they were like, oh, she we didn't, we didn't know Kesha. Was, they didn't, we didn't know Kesha was coming. <laughs> yeah. At least they knew they were hip enough to make that reference. I wonder if somebody gave them that. But oh, I was just God. like, she looks like Ashley Simpson to me a lot. She does. Pre-nose job. Pre-nose job, which I... I always thought, like, why did she do that? She was so cute. But, yeah, like, the extensions are troubling because, you know, I just think she's too young to interact with this cast. I agree. All right, let's um, – I want to flip over a little bit to uh, – since you guys are in New York, what uh, what are your feelings on the first part of the reunion? We've got the second part coming up soon. 
I thought it was fantastic. I mean, New York always delivers. Even when you think you're not getting anything, you're always getting something from them. They just put on such a great show and they're all just crazy enough and into their own bullshit that they, I just think like they're, they're stars and they just shine. And I really, I, it's just like, I was watching Beverly Hills again last night for their reunion. And it's just like, the difference is like night and day. They're just so much more entertaining. They're so much wittier. And it's, I just, uh, I just love New York. I just think it's like the best one of the series of all of them. Always delivers. Uh, Yeah. I think, you know, in general, you won't find many people that would disagree. I think everybody would say New York is the best. And I think it's because the history and they've all been on it for so long. We've got a new, you know, here and there. We got a Carol in and out. We got a Tinsley. We had that crazy um, JJ waxing lady. Oh, Cindy yeah, Barshaw. Cindy. The Cindy <laughs> Bless her heart with her twins that she didn't take care of. Do you no, remember no. Do, that she had with her best friend? Yeah. Do you remember uh, when, um, what's her face, Simon and Alex, the, the grossest people on television ever, and they were always like, we're in Brooklyn, we're in Brooklyn. And I, I was like, why are you besmirching Brooklyn? They were like besmirching Brooklyn all the time. Oh, I, I, I've been to their house when they were living in Brooklyn. Wait, why? Because Simon was, it was a, a political fundraiser. It was from somebody running for like the DA of Brooklyn. So it was one of those things like you pay 25 bucks and you just yeah. talk to the politician. It just happened to be held at their house. And Simon was really passionate about it. And Alex was not. Alex was very much very cold and very off to the corner and not very welcoming at all. And no, I didn't get to meet the two boys, but it was their house. I'm sure they sold it for a couple of million and now they're in Australia. But was it after they did the the big uh, renovation? Yeah, I was what wondering. Like yeah, it was. They had like a red room. Yeah, there was a lot of red yeah. paint and yeah, Ew. and it was smaller it than was like red and black lacquer. Yeah, and like yeah, this doesn't scream. I have two small children. No, it, it, it it's. Well, that's interesting because Simon is not even American, and and Alex is that he would have. I mean, that's strange. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I found the two of them sort of repulsive. Um. Just. Just. You know aesthetically that's mm-hmm. not nice um okay so i did just want to hear have you other than simon and alex did you ever see any of these ladies out in the wild oh yeah i've seen um first season right after the first season i saw ramona singer walking down broadway because i work my office is in the garment district oh okay and when she had rms fashions which i don't know if she still has or not or that works there i don't know but i saw her walking down the street talking on her cell phone um, I saw a couple weeks ago, I saw Heather Thompson. Do you remember her? Oh, yummy, yeah. Yummy. Yeah. I saw her. Holla. Holla. And she looked very nice. She was having an animated conversation about business with a friend walking down the street. She's very tall. Um, yeah. Oh, really? Who uh-huh. else I've seen? Have, Have seen you ever Bethany? seen Bethany? Bethany is my favorite. No, my I friend did. Seen Bethany. My, my friend lives, uh, works near where Bethany lives in Soho. Uh-huh. And she said that one day she just overheard this woman with the most annoying New York accent. And she just turned over and it was Bethany talking. And she said, actually, she seemed really nice. But I saw Ramona in the wild once in on Broadway as well. And honest to God, that woman is beautiful in person. I mean, lovely. She's a looker. You know, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I just, um, when I was in LA, we had dinner with Luann just through Aliza Rosen, podcaster. And first of all, in person, she's no lie, got to be like 6'3". I mean, she's yeah. like as tall as my husband, so tall. And again, the glowing skin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this woman is my age. And what can I do? And then I recently met 
in the Amtrak station in New York. I was up there and I was coming home and I saw Karen Huger coming on my train, you know, back to DC. Wow. And her her skin also just amazing. And so I'm wondering how can I get on the train of whatever these people are doing to their skin? Yeah. And and I don't feel like any of the ones I've named have had a facelift. I just feel like they're I don't know, maybe they're getting weak, you know, weekly oxygenating microderm. They're probably uh, doing everything they can in their power. They probably are doing maybe a little bit of filler, a little bit of Botox, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, of those three that we mentioned, I, I, well, has Ramona had a facelift? Do we know? She says no. And watch what happens live the other night. They had her dermatologist on there who also said no. No facelift. She looks beautiful. Yeah. And she does, she takes care of her skin. Like she really does. That's why she has a skincare line. Karen Huger should do that instead of the perfume. Yeah, her skin is is flawless. Okay, on that note of skincare, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a US patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay. Now I could talk to you ladies for 20 hours about various things, but what I do want to know most about was recently there was a blackout in New York City and I wanted to know how you fared because my power was out yesterday for four hours and I thought I was just going to have to go to a hotel. So (laughs) what, what happened in New York and how I want to hear your uh, take on it. Yeah, we lucked out because it was only in, Margo, where was it? Hell's Kitchen? Hell's Kitchen and the theater district. Yeah, west side of Manhattan. So it was a great, it, you know, it was very impactful on the Broadway shows. Right. But as Margo was talking about on our last episode, what did the Broadway shows do, Mark? They, they like Hadestown and Waitress, uh, they all put on shows outside the theater. So the people who had the tickets, and they kind of, you know, they're going to get their money back, but they kind of lost the show. Like they have to get another ticket for another show for another day. So the cast came out there and just performed for people. And it was just all over the city and even at Carnegie Hall, they had a choir come out and just perform for people. And it's just like those moments you see that you're like, I just love New York so much. That's why we live here. Yeah. That's what makes me love New York. That's amazing. Yeah. That's that's amazing. You know, I was telling somebody, I was like, what if two years ago you got tickets to Hamilton oh, well, and, uh, you, yep. and, and, you, and you planned this trip and like you and your spouse and you only had two days in New York City and you were coming from Canada or something and this happened, you know, like how devastating. Yeah, uh, of course, they'll get they'll get new tickets. But if that's like your trip of the year and you've, you've bought your plane ticket and everything. Uh, so it was... Uh, impactful but it's interesting I, in my mind and just from seeing it on CNN I thought it was like all of Manhattan 
No, but it, it was a section like where that. there's a lot of tourists and there's a lot of power being needed. You know, it was Broadway, yeah. all those lights and everything like that. Uh, J-Lo had a show at Madison Square Garden that she had to cancel. It was like 10 minutes in. So, I mean, it's it, and also when things happen in New York, we think, well, this everyone needs to know about this. <laughs> We're New York. Yeah, and also it's it's scary because you have, you know, PTSD. So it's, it's scary. That's why the 2003 blackout, once we learned it wasn't terrorist related, Everybody was like, oh, okay, this is fine. All right. We'll all leave work. We'll walk home and it'll be fine. Here's a little funny tidbit. So my uh, husband works in the energy industry and my daughter was born in 2003 and we were on a road trip driving from D.C. to Oklahoma to see his family with some stops along the way with a um you know, a three month old. So caught you crazy. So we were driving along and I was in the backseat with the baby and he kept, you know, his phone kept ringing. And of course I was furious. I was like, get that phone to stop ringing. I'm trying to get this kid to go to sleep. (laughs) And it was because, you know, everything was blowing up about this (laughs) blackout. He was like, it was the Eastern seaboard. Yeah. He was like, I have to go on a conference call. I have to go on a conference call. I was like, you better not say a word. I mean, I've never in my life, (laughs) of course, you know, because just sleep deprived and everything else. Um, but that's what I think of when I think of that 2003 blackout. I think mm-hmm. about us on that road trip and how the whole road trip for days, you know, he was on conference calls, even though it oh, wasn't I his company, imagine. you know. <laughs> yes. What so um, this is going to be a little bit of a shift, but here we go. So on my podcast, my aim is to talk to podcasters and find out what they listen to because I'm always looking for new content, new people to interview. And also I love to make recommendations. And I love when people ask me, you know, do you have a recommendation for this? And even if I don't necessarily listen to that genre myself, I can say, oh, I talked to this podcaster who says revisionist history is the best, or even though I don't enjoy history, you know, that type of thing. So let me hear your best recommendations or something like quirky or things you think we haven't heard of, or things that everybody has heard of that you also love. Hmm. Mark, you want to go first? You always have the, you always tell me some great recs. Um, I have a list if that's okay. <laughs> Please. Let's, let's, you know, I may have to, I may have to, inter- I may have to interrupt you to ask you, you know, about it, but let's hear it. Okay. So watch what crappens. Of course. Every time I have to listen to them, they crack me up. Danny Pellegrino. Love. Rance love. Rance. I love mm-hmm. him. Um, there's a, a movie podcast called F this movie and it's a oh. movie podcast hilarious people talking about movies. It's smart and it's funny. Um, there's fun size happy hour. It's a couple in Melbourne, Australia, just talking about the week and they love wrestling. I have no interest in wrestling, but they're so cute and quirky that I just listen every week. <laughs> fun <laughs> um, size happy hour. Fun okay. size happy hour. There's dark angels and pretty freaks. Those are my friends in Marin County and it's a husband and wife couple. And they just talk about their week and what they're going through. Um, there's wait, 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 yeah. wait, dark angels and pretty freaks sounds yeah. like a Las Vegas magic show. I think it sounds like yeah. anime. Uh huh. Okay. But she, yeah, she works for Lucas films and she's actually, <sighs> yeah, they both have really cool jobs. She works at Lucas films she's on that campus and she's been doing sound design and, and, sound, and wiring there for like 20 years. And then her oh, husband, that's cool. works for, it's very cool. And her husband works for the public parks in San Francisco. So like when they have all those big concerts and everything, he works all of those, but they talk a lot about just like their commutes and their dogs and just their, their lives and everything. And it's weird. We became, we became friends through podcasting and that's how I check in with them. 
Um, I have trashy divorces. You know about them. Love. Um, Twisted Philly. If you like, I I lived in Pennsylvania for a while. So you live in PA for a while. You have a fondness for Philly. And it's, (laughs) it's all these crazy, great stories about Philadelphia and the Pennsylvania region. Um, bitch sesh. Do you listen to that? Of course. That's yes. the OG OG. The OG OG. They finally dropped a new episode today. So I got to check that out. Do you know, I was thinking about that when I went to bed last night. I was, I was, I was thinking about how I can't get my podcast to sort like I would like, mm-hmm. like it'll give me something at the top and it'll say, you have 23 episodes of this to listen to. I'm like, I want the newest thing, right. you know? Yeah, and I was thinking about bitch sesh and wondering. I have to go search to see because I have. Okay, all right, good to know. Thank you. Um, <laughs> confronting OJ, have you checked that out yet? Um, yes, I am at this point in a full uh, begging position trying to get Kim Goldman oh, on my she's podcast. Amazing. She was oh, on yeah. Howard Stern the other day, and she's yes. so good. Yes. Um, of course, pink shade and paying the pod. Of course, uh, of thank course. you. Uh, Crime writers on. That's every Monday. And it's a group of people that talk about true crime, and they also talk about pop culture. It's a husband and wife, and then they have the two of their friends join in. And mm-hmm. they're uh, it's just they're, they're always recommending new podcasts, new documentaries that are Netflix or Amazon. They're, mm. It's it's one of my favorites. It's it's in the summer they do it every other Monday, but normally it's every Monday. Crime writers on, and then one I love that's just Hollywood gossip, and and it's called Delisted. And it's based, there's a website called Delisted, which is a, which was my favorite gossip site, but it's, oh. and it's a guy named Michael Kay and his co-host Allison. And they just talk about pop culture news. And it feels like I get the backstory like, oh, this is why Taylor Swift is pissed off this week. Now oh. I get it. Right. I okay. guess it just says that for me. And they curse a lot and he's gay and he tells a lot of gay jokes and it's just really fun. Okay. That sounds like, um, need to put that on my phone. Totally as a need to. Yeah. Delisted. Yeah. And that's my list. Okay, See, because well, I tell you, she has he has all the best ones. Um, crime writers on, I've heard about quite a bit. I'm interested. I need to put that on my list. You need to and have them on your show, especially they're really the good. They'd be great. great. Well, this is also, you know, my way that I get ideas of people to have on my show. So it's sort of like cheating. But um, D-Listed also looks super interesting. And you mentioned Grant. I love Grant. I met him in person in uh, L.A. He is the sweetest baby angel. He Aww. is so nice. And he comes across like hard kind of yeah. uh, New Yorky, But he couldn't be sweeter. He's so nice. I'm going on his podcast uh, here soon. And he's so funny. He sent me an email and he was like, I know you're going to come on and I don't have my uh, topic yet for us to talk about. I'm going to wait till Friday till the shit really hits the fan. And then we'll see. (laughs) I'm like, like, okay. I'm like, just don't, don't, don't throw me something like strange, like, like share or something that I won't know about. Like, you know, I don't want to talk about Kardashians. And he's like, I agree. No Kardashians. Yeah. All right. So let's hear Aaron's list. Okay, I have like in addition to the, all the ones that Marco mentioned, I also have a couple of like in addition to Pain in the Pod and Pink Shade, of course. I love the OG. How did this get made? Okay, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, and June Diane Raphael talk about a movie that how in the hell did this get made in Hollywood? And they do a lot of live shows too, and they're just great. Um, and then my favorite true crime one lately has been The Man in the Window, The Golden yes, State Killer. Yes. I went down such a rabbit hole with that where I just, I think I listened to them all at once. Like it was just like boom, 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 boom. And that's uh, produced by the LA Times. And it's just amazing. And then the other one I kind of gotten into recently, and it just, it's like a nice reminder. It's a, 
podcast called The Need to Fail with Don Finelli. And he has on different guests from different walks of life, entertainment, you name it. And they just talk about a time in their life where they failed and what they learned from it and how important it was for what they went on to do in their lives and careers. So it's just always, it's like a nice little reminder. I've never heard of that. That sounds fascinating, actually. It's really fun. The latest episode is a live episode they recorded in L.A. with Bobby Moynihan from SNL. Love him. Really, really fun. And you just get a different perspective on, you think that, oh, everybody in entertainment, they have it so easy. And you really learn that, like, no, it's not always so easy. And all the, you don't know all the auditioning that goes on behind the scenes and things that they missed out on and why, but that they can kind of take solace from that and go, no, that I needed to fail at that. So I could get this. So it's really interesting. Right. And I think that that's hard to see at the time, obviously. You know, I talked to um, Amy Phillips when I was in L.A. And she had had on her show the um, person that had been on Vanderpump Rules that was like the oracle (laughs) that Stassi went to that like rid her of Oh, the one that exercised her? (laughs) Exercised her. She had that woman on her XM show. And it was so interesting because she was reading her cards or, you know, whatever you do. And she said to Amy, like, there's something that you're holding on to that you didn't achieve in your life. But it's, you're, so you're having a hard time appreciating your current success. And Amy started crying on her show. And it was SNL because she said her whole life, you know, that's, that's the pinnacle, right? And mm-hmm. she, and of course. Especially you, somebody who does impressions like she, she would be does perfect. flawlessly. Yeah, she would be amazing. But she, and so, of course, she, you know has been told that her whole life and thought that as well. And then she never made it and she's tried out a couple of times. So it was interesting that the Oracle didn't know anything about her and pulled that that up and said, so you're having a hard time grasping that you have the success, which is a, you know, five day a week radio show plus all the Bravo stuff. So I asked her about that when I interviewed her and she was like, yeah, wasn't that crazy, you know? So she would be a good person to be on that podcast, The Need to Fail. That would be a great guest for them. And also, she should keep trying because Kate McKinnon's going to be leaving soon. And oh, really? she needs to get in there. I think so. Isn't her contract up in like her, her contract is up, but I don't think she's going to sign because she has that Hulu series coming. Exactly. Yeah. So I think she's going to be leaving soon. So Amy would be a great fit. Y'all are in the ins and outs of SNL, man. <laughs> they need her. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, listen, like I said, I could talk to you guys for 17 hours. You are so Same. funny and so interesting. And I feel like maybe I'm in the other puffy chair with the microphone um, up to my mouth. Um, so thank Lounge you, in your style. <laughs> thank you guys so much. So tell everyone where they can find you and your podcast and all that jazz on social media. Oh, that's right. We are the Best Neighbors Podcast. With Best Neighbors Podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Best Neighbors Podcast. Also, Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Please swing by and like us. And we get together every week, and we kind of just say we're Brooklyn neighbors for over 20 years. We get together once a week and just talk pop culture and what we're watching, reading, and listening to and share it with everybody. All right. And do you guys have like personal social media you want to share or you don't want people to look at you like me? No, no, you can, um, <laughs> you can, you can follow us on social media at best neighbors podcast and you can follow me at Brooklyn Fitchick, mostly on Twitter and Instagram and a post like the stuff that I do for my other shows. And I have, like the other shows are, I have what a creep where if mm-hmm. I talk about a creep every week, um, the <laughs> fit bottom girl, it's pretty fun. Uh, the fit bottom girls podcast, we have a podcast called book versus movie where my friend Margo and I were both named Margo. We talk about films that are adapted from books 
and we decide which we like better, the book or the movie. Um, oh. And then there's the dorking out show where my friend Sonia and I just dork out about movies. So follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Brooklyn Fit Chick because I usually post what I'm working on there. And my, my blog is brooklynfitchick.com. And we also post episodes of Best Neighbors there. Okay. So you're not busy at all. I get it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, you sound super lazy. So, oh my gosh. (laughs) Gosh. Well, thank you guys again. And I want to remind all my listeners that they can find me on all social media at pain in the pod. And there's a website and all things you need to find out about this podcast and Patreon are at pain in the pod, wherever you find podcasts. Thanks girls again. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Mary Payne. Thanks so much for having us on. We loved it. Thank you.